I don't need to play football to be fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, I, I was blessed to play this game, to make the money I made, the accomplishments I made in eight years is like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm complete. I'm, I'm like, if I can win another one, that's great. But if not, I'm like, I'm at peace. Let's go! The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. They're all thrown off. That was like a nice chat just hanging out. I hope that was cool to everyone. John Trich, uh, 8 News Now. Great sports guy. Great local sports guy. And it's where, it's where, um, and this is just my opinion, right? On local TV, what really what local sports people should be doing is have it very localized and do a lot of features. And we have a lot of good people here in town, you know? And John did a really good, and he really does care about the athletes. He really does love finding a good story. So I know we keep going on and on, but he's a um, genuine person. Yeah, and it throws us off so much. I don't understand it. I, I like I said, he was like he's a good regulator because everyone, like I'd be around him, and I'm like, well, wow, that's a pretty good question. And like, kind of got into that. That was good. Well, he sees the world differently. Yeah, I, like from a non-skeptical point of view, which I've never, I don't get it, oh but it's it's important to have. I hate conversations like this. Why? Because then I then I start thinking like you know why he's great because he's willing to allow himself to get hurt. <laughs> he opens his heart. <laughs> you know I are like nope, not gonna happen. Not gonna have any allegiance to an athlete or a coach. Not gonna get worked up. It's the way of the world. Well, and I, they're subjects. Something... I can be kind of friends with them, but not really. Well. Look, we've we've talked about the media here isn't like as nasty and surly oh, no. as it is in other places. I mean, the, but, but we there's... have fans of this market who think like, you know, the the media here is all against the team. No. Like we are we are mostly freaking puppy dogs. Oh sure, but give uh, me but, a break. But I mean, as people, even like there's some surly like I myself, I'm surly and sarcastic, all those things for sure. Um, but like for for whatever reason. It has. It usually gets to everyone. Like if you're hanging around in the media rooms every day, you become that. And somehow he didn't. There, like I said, there was a couple times where I was like, "Oh, he's gonna John, lose oh, it." Oh, he's gonna. And then he would. He would. You know, kind of gather. He's gonna lose like, it. Yeah, but uh, he never allowed that to take over, which I think says a lot about you know where he came from. Can we mention? Um, can we mention an off the record thing? I'm gonna run it by you. Uh-oh. Like an off the record thing he just said. No. Yes, we can. No. We yes, we can. I think we can. Okay. He mentioned a baseball player, and the baseball oh, player was the baseball yeah. player was rude to him. I thought you were saying the baseball else. player was rude to him. Sure. And I will tell you, um, every once in a while it comes out, right? But there's been a couple of people who have been rude to you, and sure. I know you're a nice guy, sure. right? Even though you know we go back and forth, and he's, yeah, Adam says how surly he is, but I know some people who have been mean to you, and I'm like, screw that person. Sure, like I have it out for him. Um, but what, like when? When John says someone was tough to work with or mean to him, I'm like, come on. Yeah, I know. To him? <laughs> of all people? So. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, like, there's some, like, you know, I'd, some people come to mind who are, like, jerks, and I think back, and I'm like, I get it. Like, I get why Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes you need a little perspective in the, sure. you know. Sure. But, yeah, for, if you're going to be mean to him, you're just a jerk. Man. Yeah, I'll just mention he said he said Tommy Pham was rude to him. <laughs> sure, and and Pham's in the news now. Yeah, um, but here's the thing: like he's that's just the guy, man. He's just he's that guy's on edge all the time. If you're out there threatening to fight Luke Voigt, and then you're walking up because of fantasy football and slapping Jock Peterson in the face with like no fear that you might get 
dogpiled by another you know twenty five guys on the Giants. We should mention John. John screwed over Tommy in a fantasy league too. <laughs> it's always <laughs> yeah, fantasy. Yeah. It's always fantasy. It's always something. My God, that guy's ready to fight. Always. I tell you what, you you know how I, you know how I'm at, uh, how I would manage. I'd bait him now. Oh, of course. I mean, I, I've always talked about stacking my organization with guys who can fight. The the it's not a sacrificial lamb. It is you want to fight, okay? And Tommy Fan might be able to kick kick the crap out of some six five two fifty guy. I bring up from the minors, he Whoa. might be able to. Because like when you're threatening, Luke Voigt's a big guy. Sure. Jack Peterson's not a small guy, but he's obviously when you saw him speak, he's very meek. And, yeah, and he just kind of took it. Well, um, I think that's why. But like, I would, I would. Compl- he didn't. He didn't go up on Odor. I would. <laughs> like, that, I mean, that would be that would be a challenge. Why am I blanking right now? Where you, you're not going to know either. Batista? No, no. Where where's Odor? Uh, Baltimore. I, all right. So we got to find someone in the. We got to find someone in the National League. There's so there's interleague games now. I don't know if the Reds and, and Orioles play. Oh, fam could get traded any day. God, wouldn't that be great? Just set it up. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, oh wait, the the Reds are playing. Uh, are they playing Dodgers right now? I saw the Dodgers just called up uh, Ryan Reeves to play second base. It's going <laughs> to be a crossover. Special. Yeah, he's going to play second. Two sport so athlete coming cleats up, Tommy. No, man, I mean, really, I'm let's now. See, I'm, let's see what happens. I want to look at the schedule and see. I think they're. Pl- I think they're in L.A. now. I thought maybe I could be wrong on that. Or maybe the, maybe Boston? Are they? They're in they, Boston. Yeah, they're switching over. All right. I mean, uh, what if you told like the Dahlbeck kid is big and he's not hitting? You're like, dude, you gotta. I mean, either you fight him or you gotta have a hell of a series here. You're going down, man. You're not hitting. Let's I mean, bait the guy. <laughs> you just you just want this to happen. I'm just, now I'm so just trying bad. to find who's the biggest guy in the Red Sox. Remember when they had somebody. Sam Horn? Sure. I don't know if he could fight, but he was six eight, like two sixty. I mean, like. I, I, do you want him to fight one of your guys, like one of your favorite players? I texted you about the Astadio kid yesterday. Uh, what about the uh, Kirk, the catcher from the Blue Jays? Would he fight him? Do you think either one of those guys can fight? They're both like 5'8", 280 playing. <laughs> they're, like, it's, they're unbelievable. They are. Astadio and Kirk are, they're legit 5'8", 260, and they play every, they're, they're Pete Rose. They play every position on the field, including catcher. You would have loved that I was talking, like they brought him in to play, th- Astadio didn't play third yesterday, and, the announcer was just having a field day with like he's listed at five nine two twenty nine. First of all, there's no way he's five nine. He's like five six and two twenty nine. was in fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, like there, there is no way that dude is massive. He's a bowling ball. Hmm. You know, Jake Diekman can kind of be a okay. a weenie sometimes. He's six four two oh five. What's fam like five ten two oh five? Well, if they're playing, if they're we playing, like, we, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the hard edge. Don't blank with me. And fam is a local. If they're playing Boston, maybe they play Baltimore too. Well, we could have something going here. Odor versus fam fight. Oh man, they need attendance in Baltimore and Cincinnati. And Odor, I mean, <laughs> that was great. You don't play, right? Bautista mouthing off, just cracked him right in the face. <laughs> what do I always say about baseball? Give me fantasy baseball, a little bit of betting, and fighting. The trifecta, we call it. Yes, America's pastime. Sure. Truly America's pastime. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Pro Football Talk joins us now. All right, let's do it. Let's get back on track because uh, 
I, for the few people who followed that story, I don't know how big it was. The Tommy Fam thing and the fantasy football and the fact that Tommy Fam's a local. We'll, we'll, we're going to hit it tomorrow at length with Justin Watkins because there's legal stuff to this. He's a fantasy junkie. But the us setting up fights around Major League Baseball for Tommy Fam, like we could do this all day. I would rate it as the number one sports it's, story it, of all time. You know, you know what? <laughs> let's bring in Miles Simmons. Miles is in. Miles, I said we're going to avoid it. I, I'm like holding back the the the, the dam here. Um, you saw the story, right, Miles, with Tommy Fam and fantasy football? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it, and frankly, I, I have not. I, you know, obviously, we have posts about it at PFT. And did I read them? No, I didn't. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little behind so, on probably what the story actually is because it involves baseball. And frankly, I don't, I don't well, care that much about baseball in May. It's about football. In the end, it's about fan- it's about fantasy sports. And the reason Adam loves it so much is Adam is a rules guy. The reason I love it so much is. Uh, Tommy Pham got mad in a fantasy football league at Jock Peterson, came at him two years later, and my reaction to it was, so? That's like every league I'm in. Like, if we could, <laughs> if we could slap and fight and punch, we would do it. Yeah. And well, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say, Miles, also the reason that it's, like, from a journalistic standpoint, and I know you have a journalism uh, mind when you look at a lot of stories like I do, like, I expected after this happened, right? He slaps him on the field. We hear it leak out that it's a fantasy football issue. And I thought after the after the game, both guys would be like, yeah, it's a fantasy football thing. Don't worry about it. Whatever. Yeah. Jock Peterson comes out with like a four-minute breakdown of exactly the rules that were violated and what the rules were and who the players were involved. That, to me, made it so much bigger of a story when you get all these <laughs> details in a story when we expect to have no details at all. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw that uh, Tommy Pham said, you know, he deserved to be smacked, so I smacked him. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of one thing. Or, like, I mean, yeah, I understand that sometimes people do deserve to be smacked, I guess, over fantasy football. Maybe I shouldn't say that on the air. I don't know. No, it's true. But, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've been in press boxes or rental cars or restaurants where I send back my steaks, where you, Adam Hill, and Ed Graney, and Heidi Fang have all gotten into very, you know, Good discussions over fantasy football in your leagues and the money involved with that. So you know, I, I know you. I know you. You. You uh, relate to the story a little bit. The the great thing about a guy like Tommy Pham <laughs> is, I, I don't know that throwback is the right word, but it feels like back in the day they were genuinely like mean ass athletes, like like on their own team, and I, it still exists. Oh yeah, like players were like, don't mess with that guy and fam is one of those guys and i i don't think aaron donald is one of those guys but i do believe that if you if you piss well, off aaron donald he will rip your head off like i would not me- i would uh, not mess I, with him have i have i told this story on on the air here uh in otas back in 2016 there was some young no-name offensive lineman who probably is no longer in the league and, you know, I don't know what it was about that day, but he like got mad at Aaron Donald and, you know, they kind of started going at it and Aaron Donald literally ripped his face mask clean off his helmet, like with one fell swoop, took his right hand, put it on the face mask, ripped it off. Like, so yeah, that's not necessarily a person that I would want to mess with either. Aaron Donald versus Tommy Pham. Let's set that one up next. That's good. We have fight. Uh, Will Aaron Donald be ripping anybody's face mask off this year? Will he be on a team? Yeah, I, I think that he and the you know the Rams and Aaron Donald are going to get that. If they weren't, then I don't think Sean McVay would be so publicly confident that it would. Um, because, I mean, this was something that 
he started talking about at the owners meetings, you know, and I was there and I asked him like, what's the situation? And he said, well, you know, it's good to know that Aaron's going to be back and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. So I think, you know, a lot of times with the Rams, they take care of their guys that they have internally in around July, you know? And so Aaron Donald may or may not be there for mandatory minicamp. He doesn't need to be, you know, I'm sure they can just excuse him from that. And that's not going to be a problem. Um, but at some point, I, I don't think that there's going to be an issue where the Rams will make Aaron Donald the highest paid defensive player in the game. And, you know, he, he deserves that. He's earned that. And he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. And I, I think that there's more for him to do um, to cement his legacy in the game. Not that he really needs to do it, but I, I think that there's more for him to do. I need help from both you guys. Kanye's aid. What is this thing that he's doing? What is it? Donda, Donda yeah, Donda okay. Sports, and that's, Donda Agency, yeah, and that's, that's who new... Jalen Brown's with him, and so is Donald. So what is going on yeah. here? Uh, it's something that he's going to have marketing opportunities with, I guess. But that's another reason why Aaron Donald is probably going to keep playing because I mean, it's look, Aaron Donald's profile has grown, I think, over the course of this offseason because you just keep seeing him in different places. You know, he was at courtside Lakers games. He was courtside, you know, for Heat Celtics over the weekend, too. And I'm like, whoa, what's Aaron Donald doing there? That's new. That's different. Um, so I, I think part of him increasing that profile is going to be him continuing to play for at least another couple of years. And then in turn, that increases his marketing opportunities. Look, I mean, this is somebody who has been in Los Angeles and has been one of the best defensive players in the game. I mean, the Rams got here in 2016, right? So it's, it's not like there haven't been the opportunities before, but now I think that he's because Donald has won a Super Bowl, it, it feels a little bit different for him. And now it allows him to maybe be a little bit freer and do more things. Uh, side note, real quick uh, I watched an old episode of Celebrity Family Feud yesterday. Uh, I've never seen Why? somebody more fired up to be on the show than Kanye. And then, by the way, Kanye's side lost. <laughs> Kanye and Kim lost to Kris Jenner and her family, which included Kendall, which was great. So they lost. And then Kanye and Kim were like, no, we're playing Fast Money. And they were like, okay. And Kanye was so excited about it. I don't know <laughs> why that was amazing. It was bizarre. Steve Harvey's like, well, this has never happened, but okay, go ahead. Uh, it was very why weird. Why were you watching that? Of uh, all the things that you could watch, Adam, I mean, like, wh what possessed you to watch that? Uh... No comment. Um, I there, there, there actually was a weird reason, um, but the the, the uh, text to me later. The Kanye point was that he. I think is it possible, Aaron Donald, to play devil's advocate from what you said? Is there any way to get bigger than to be the best player in the Super Bowl, win a title in Los Angeles in your home stadium, and then leave as potentially the highest paid defensive player in the league? Then all the attention's on you. Like, isn't couldn't that be part of it? Well, what don't you have to play in order to be the highest paid player? No, how? Well, no, he. I'm saying walk away from potentially being the highest paid player in the league, oh. and just say no, I'm done. And you walk off on a on a Super Bowl win, get all this attention for leaving as the best player in the game, and then go into whatever post career thing you want to do. I, I firmly believe he could do that. Look, I mean, he's made you know a ton of money already. I mean, he was the highest paid defensive player for about five minutes before the Raiders traded Khalil Mack to the Bears and then made him the highest paid defensive player um, back in 2018, that was. But still, I mean, he's made a ton of money. He's accomplished pretty much everything that he wanted to accomplish from a defensive player standpoint, you know, and winning a Super Bowl caps that off. But like I said, I, you know, 
when he starts talking about being addicted to competition or being addicted to winning Super Bowls, I believe that. I mean, this is somebody who is really addicted to working out. I mean, that's the way he describes it himself. And so it, he works really hard. I, I don't, I don't see him giving up the game that he loves as much as, you know, and there have been stories about this. He loves his kids. He wants to spend more time around um, his two older children who live in Pittsburgh and all that. I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there is more for him to do on the football field because he is still at the peak of his powers. So that that's kind of why I, I don't see him retiring at this point. Miles Simmons, pro football talk up on uh, Cofield and company. All right. What'd you make of the Kaepernick workout with the Raiders last week? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was kind of neat for him to at least get a workout. I mean, maybe neat's not the right word. I mean, it, look, I, and I, I put this out there on Twitter. Like, you know, if you're looking at the Raiders depth chart and you've got Nick Mullins, uh, Jarrett Stidham, and, you know, uh, God love him, it's the kid from Cal that I've never heard of before until I looked at the Raiders roster. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, like, I, you know, I just feel like there's – there's a reason why you could reasonably say like, all right, yeah, let's bring in Colin Kaepernick for a workout and see if he can beat out. Who was that, Adam? Chase Garbers. Chase Garbers. Yeah. For the fourth spot on the roster. Look, it's 90 men roster in the off season. And I'm not going to go as far, you know, as uh, somebody I work with that used the pro football talk handle to say that Colin Kaepernick, if he knocked off the rust, would be able to beat out like quarterbacks on, you know, three different teams or whatever Florio said. But I mean, like, because we don't know. I mean, it, like, literally, it's been since 2016 since he played. Um, but I, I think it makes sense to bring him in for a workout and say, all right, what what can you do? Are you uh, does your skill set fit what we want? And could you come in and reasonably like push some guys on our roster and maybe compete to be a backup? That to me makes sense just based on what his career history has been. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I made the exact opposite argument that you did about the football reasons of. Clearly, Derek Carr is a starter. Like, you're not bringing him in to compete as a yeah. starter. That's not going to happen. And and Josh McDaniel said as much. Like, hey, Derek knows this is his team. Fine. They just traded for Jarrett Stidham, who they clearly believe in, or else they wouldn't have traded for him. He already knows the offense. He's so far ahead of that the game in that regard. So now you're competing with Nick Mullins potentially as the third quarterback, which, like, what is, what's the goal at the age that Colin Kaepernick is at? Like, he's got to play in the next two years. This is not a developmental yes. guy for like you know 2025, so like I just don't see the opportunity in the next year and a half, two years with the Raiders. So it, it didn't make sense from that perspective for me. Okay, no, I, and that's fair. I think if you are Colin Kaepernick though, and you were saying to me to yourself like, what if this is the only opportunity I have? Right, you can then say, all right, well, maybe if I'm even if I'm competing for the third QB spot, I'm gonna get some time in preseason games because I don't think that there's any reason for Derek Carr to play very much in a preseason game. You know, Jarrett Stidham, yes, I obviously they do have that familiarity with him, Josh Daniels and Ziegler from their time from the Patriots. But if you're talking about Nick Mullins, right, maybe you're just competing against him for that third spot. But it's the at least the opportunity to put something on tape from this year that you might not have the opportunity to do anywhere else. And from that tape, you might be able to get another job, right? I mean, we talk about that with guys in the preseason all the time. You're not just auditioning for the team that you're on, but for the 31 other teams as well. So that is where I, 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 you make a good point for that. You know, he's got to be able to play if he's going to play. But this, if the Raiders want him, then this could be his only opportunity to play. And there were reportedly a couple of more teams interested in him. We'll see if anything comes of that as well. I, I think it makes sense for him to take advantage of every single opportunity. 
Adam was very cynical on this. He thought it was a cover for something else. Adam, you want to explain? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they brought him in for a workout the day that Gruden was in court and, you know, several <laughs> days after the New York Times story came out. Um, it just seemed too convenient to me. No, I hear you on that, too, uh, because, I mean, and Adam, you know, you being cynical about anything is not a shock to me. Um, but I would just say that, like, I, even if it is, you know, like, a, and I kind of hate to call it this, like a Rooney Rule interview, you know, <laughs> like sometimes that's the thing that can maybe make somebody else interested in you. So uh, it's it, from if you're Colin Kaepernick, you want to get back in the league and the team is like, yeah, you know, come in and work out for us, even if it is, you know, happen to be on the day that John Gruden's in court and you're kind of distracting from that as a shiny object, like, well, let's just see how it goes. Miles Simmons with us, Pro Football Talk. At Miles A. Simmons, I saw you throw out a prediction. I think it was you. Warriors in five? Yeah. Wait a second. Warriors in five. Okay. No, I just, I don't see, look, people were telling me like, oh man, like the Boston's defense is this and it's that. Like watch that series and you think that Boston really defended Miami all that well. Miami just wasn't just like chucking up shots that they missed. I mean, Miami had a lot of open looks throughout the course of that seven game series that they just did not hit, including in game seven. And you know, I understand Jimmy Butler taking the shot that he took. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but then, you know, you look at the history with Jimmy Butler and what happened against the Raptors when he was with uh, the 76ers, you understand that he's trying to end the game. Um, but I just think the Warriors have way too much firepower. And if Clay, you know, Thompson has any series of good games, Right, like they're going to be fine. They're going to win this series easily. I don't know how many games Boston can win, but I don't see them winning more than one. Movie review time. The yeah, new- some basketball analysis from the football reporter too. Yeah. I know. So now we trust you on everything. Movies, <laughs> exactly. Movies. <laughs> the new Top Gun. Yeah, uh, that no was spoilers. Horrible. No spoilers, please. It was it was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, you know, I I think it was like a perfect sequel especially given how much time has passed between the original and this one miles teller sort of has a punchable face and adam i think you've said this to me before that he is the true villain of uh what's the drum movie with uh jk simmons in it that now is totally escaping (laughs) steve's favorite movie that is so he's the Uh, true villain yeah he is i mean like if we're being honest with ourselves but whiplash whiplash thank you whiplash yes but he's pretty good in this movie um and yeah i just i love the way they did all of it and you know the practical effects are phenomenal like it's it's amazing what they were able to accomplish, you know, shooting in those planes. Why are you so mad that people are enjoying a movie? I can't, I You've can't. been What's uh, wrong with you, he's Adam? Been a jerk oh since it, since the hype began, he's been a jerk. There's no way it got a 5-minute standing ovation. That's not true. Who does that? Why would you still I mean, be standing? I, don't, I have no sense. idea why anybody would do that for a movie, but you know, I mean, I I thought it was really good. I I really did. I I'm, you know, You've had the experience before when you're sitting in the movie theater and you're like, wow, this movie is great. I'm having a really good time. Like, that's exactly the way I felt throughout the course of that movie. And things just kept happening. And I was like, oh, this is great. I actually think the last, actually Uncut Gems, I thought when I was watching, it was like, this is great. That was a good movie theater experience. But the last time I think that really happened was Hangover for me, which was a long time ago. Oh, I I, I love The Hangover too. (laughs) too. That was good. So good. Should they have worked harder to get Kelly McGillis in the movie? 
Oh boy. I don't know. Yes, the answer no, is yes. It doesn't, I went back it and doesn't watched, bother I went me. back and watched Top Gun yesterday, and yeah, she should have been in it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but like Tom Cruise didn't want to be with an older woman. She doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't have to be the love interest. Yeah, but it, it would show. It doesn't have to be. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly why. I think because Tom Cruise was probably like, I don't want. Like, have you seen her lately? I don't want to be associated with her again and be like, oh wow, Tom Cruise is old. Yes, exactly. We know he's old, but we know we also yeah, know that he's he's vain and takes care of, ter- takes care of himself. Yeah. So like, she aged naturally. He didn't. Right, but I think yeah, if exactly. you put her on screen, oh stop! If you put her on screen, then it reminds everybody how old Tom Cruise really is. Mm-hmm. Put some, some makeup, Cruise, some hair Tom dye, Cruise give her 15 mil. Tom Cruise could still pass for 40. No, Tom Cruise <laughs> could still pass for 40. He could because of the way that he takes care of God. himself. Uh, let's call it 45, not 40. God, she was but good. She was good in the that's, first that's one. That's part of it. God, she was good. Yeah, she, well. I think she, they, I mean, she was attractive, too. I, I hear this argument that, yes. like, stop. Eight, 80s hot. <laughs> I hate I hate no, people I, bagging I, on the 80s and, and how attractive people were. It, just, it was different, okay? It was different. It was different. The the whole but the movie Top Gun, well, the first one, is not really that great of a movie. Somebody I mean, knows. it's cheesy, it's 80, it's this, it's that. Top Gun Maverick is a legitimately objectively good oh, movie. God. Sweet. That draws I'm... on so much from the original, but just can makes it better. I'm so I, fired I up. It's great. So fired up. God. I hope it I hope it lives up to the standard of sequels that Cobra Kai has delivered. Oh, it's so good. I don't know. It's a great show. I don't know. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> now you lost me. Miles, have a wonderful week. We appreciate all the feedback, and uh, I'm rooting against you on the Warriors. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's all right. That's fine. Go Dubs. Got to have an enemy. You'll lose. You'll yeah. lose. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> we're Thanks, we're getting all tongue-tied. All right, coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to talk to uh, Sam Peniotovich, get the betting angles on the NBA Finals. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Boy, oh boy, this is too important a story to squeeze in to just a couple minutes, so we may have coverage all week long every day and get different perspectives because I don't get it, but I do get it. Mexican pizza's back. Oh, yeah. Or is it? Well, I had a friend of. of mine tell a whole story about like a 40-minute wait, and, like, people ready to fight. Now, I, I understand when you, you know, listen, I'm Team Popeyes, so I thoroughly enjoyed the the chicken sandwich thing, which, by the way, we'll have a, we'll have a big chicken update later in the week uh, with a good story that was, that was that's on our list. Um, so I get the whole, let's build a frenzy for food, but you got to have the food. Like, you can't make your restaurant a dangerous place where people are, I mean, and it's ridiculous. People are getting this amped up over Mexican pizza. They don't have it. And then they're trying to, like, my, my friend's telling me, like, they're trying to piece it together. They don't have all the ingredients. It's not even right. You know, then if you order, his experience was he orders on the app, right, walks in, and it's still a wait, but it's like a 10-minute wait instead of, like, an hour wait. And then the person waiting an hour is like, wait, that's a Mexican pizza. Like, get him. Like, they're you know, you attack some, like, I ordered it on the app. It's in a different order. Okay, the time. But, like, what do they do? I think they, I think they just called a halt to it. I don't know if they got it right well, now. Well, they, they just don't want the chaos. I think they probably kind of sec- secretly have it, uh, but well, this is you don't you don't have the all the ingredients to do a good rollout. I I get it on some level because people have been talking about this for forever. I was somebody who never really liked the Mexican I pizza. Never had it.
Now but, you, but now they got me. I'll say this. Big Mexican pizza. Well, you bring, not really a thing. You like bring back a double-decker taco. I will run some people over to get oh, no. over there. That thing was delicious. Can you believe how crazy people are going? Uh, yeah, well, only and the because... Poor, and the poor people who work at the restaurant. Uh, I mean... That's what I figured they're, they're, they're not in control of the supply. I mean... Um... We have too many jobs in this country where you have to be trained to use the freaking firearm. Now we're going to have to arm the people at Taco Bell. <laughs> and then what happens when teachers come in and they want Mexican pizza? I, Give me a freaking shootout. Well, if they just have one door. It's fine. Uh, I, I think that if they're – if people have been talking about it for so long on social media that I get it. Yeah. Like people have been, just been saying for so – bring back the Mexican pizza. And I'm always like, I don't care if they do or not. <laughs> First of all, I don't really go to talk about that often. And second, like, I didn't like it. Apparently people did. But people are oh my God. freaking out over this. <laughs> and those are probably the same people who laughed at me as I was driving around town trying to get the Popeye's chicken sandwich. You like what Most you likely. like. You get worked up about certain things. Oh, I, I just realized that I didn't tell you something that I, it probably fits right now. But it could. <laughs> Let's not derail things. Let's bring it back with Paniotovich. Okay. We'll get his take on it, or is he too highbrow for it? I mean, it might be. I Listen, I made a massive step in my culinary exploits. Okay. All right. That's that's a that's a hell of a tease. All right. We'll hear about this massive step, and then we're going to find out who we need to bet. But, and I, you know what? I'm, I'm turning the phone off because I keep getting caught with Paniotovich. I, just, I start getting worked up, and then I just start making bets to her on the spot, and <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. I think the most important factor with trying to adjust to that is to simulate that and shoot around or practice. Whether it's your coaching staff, your development guys, or you can somewhat try to simulate what the Warriors do so the players can get used to chasing off multiple actions. And if they don't get those reps, they might get caught off guard in game one. It's Coolfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. That's the voice of Amari Stoudemire talking about uh, getting ready for the Warriors and the uniqueness of their attack. Adam, what was your culinary breakthrough? So, I mean, it's not a joke that I literally don't know how to cook anything. No, nothing. Um, I have never even really tried. And one thing I've been terrified of just trying to cook meat of any kind, because I don't know how long you're supposed to cook it, what you're supposed to do with it. Um, And usually if I'm making anything, I'll just buy like the pre-cooked like chicken pieces mm-hmm. and just put the, use that as the meat and whatever I'm trying to make. What a disaster. I actually was in the store the other night. It was like, you know what? I'm going to try to cook up some ground beef. And for most people, this is not a massive step in no, their life. No, it's not, no. But I did it. Okay, and? I mean, it wasn't great. Did you season the ground beef at I all? I did. I got like some taco seasoning and I made like a taco salad. Okay. It was, it was fine. It, like the pieces were too big. And then, like, I guess I didn't chop them up enough while I was stirring it. Um, and it was, I probably cooked it a little too long because I was being overly cautious. Sure. Making sure that I was all the way cooked through. But I did it. It was a huge step for me. Sam Panayotovich is with us. Sam, I don't know. I, I don't know what you morons are talking about. What's going on? <laughs> this is what we do every day. Every day. Every time you come in, you're like, you morons are talking about this. Adam's inability to cook anything. He's wasting so much money in his life. And uh, he, he thought he had a big breakthrough because he cooked some ground beef. Well, that's that's progress. That's baby steps for sure. Yeah. We, we pat them on the back because that's what we do to infants when they succeed. I think here's here's the deal, Hill. You got to write down two numbers for chicken: four hundred, four hundred degrees, twenty five minutes. 
just throw it in the oven and pull it out, and it will be perfectly baked, juicy chicken. 425 minutes. I got to figure out what size of chicken to buy and like all that. Like, that's impossible. Oh, Those my don't... God. Didn't you, don't you have an Ivy League degree? No. Ivy League. No. no, he could have, but it didn't happen. <laughs> I, I, turned, I turned down yeah, an he, Ivy League. He, he, he didn't, didn't, didn't want to have that pressure. So, <laughs> okay. So, Ivy League brain, but can't make chicken. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, because I've always figured like people that are paid professionals to make it will make it better than me. That's very true, and you are a very hard worker, so you're not really there's not around a lot of time. To waste time. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I mean, if you're going to do the right meal, it's going to take you potentially thirty to forty five minutes to prep it, another thirty <sighs> to cook it. Yeah, Dude, that's a lot of time. You, you don't have that time. You should have seen me standing over this this frying pan, panicking. Oh my god, <laughs> Just panicking <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I thought it was a breakthrough, so I was very proud of myself. Well, but I'm even more proud, Sam, of the fact that I have a Rangers futures ticket. Good segue. That is a good ticket. I have 20 to 1 on the Rangers. What do you have? 22. Okay, good for you. Yeah. You're a little bit little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and that's awesome. The, the way that this postseason has sort of played itself out, I think it's fascinating. We've got four teams left. You've got Colorado, the deepest team. Tampa Bay, the two-time defending champs. Edmonton, with the best player in hockey and the best line in hockey, and the Rangers, which I think they have the best goalie in Shesterkin. Like, I know Vasilevsky's awesome, but Vasilevsky's defense in front of him makes him a better goalie where Shesterkin, I mean, he's got some good players like Adam Fox on the blue line, but Shesterkin is doing more with less. So, really, at this point in time with four teams to go, you can pick the perceived deepest team, the defending champs, the best player, or the best goalie. And I could make a case for all four of these teams, honestly. So I was I, I know how you feel about hedging usually. I'm trying to look for ways to get out of it a little bit. I feel like the Rangers' best chance to win could be game one. And then maybe the series price goes down a little bit and I could try to grab a little bit of Tampa Bay. I think you roll that one for sure. I mean, you look at the price. They're a very small dog at home. You know, you can find plus 115 on the Rangers, plus 110. I'm looking at the board right now. Best price in the world on the Rangers looks like it's at the Westgate, plus 114. So that gives you Tampa minus 125. And uh, series price, like, I, you can't hedge with Lightning minus 180. I mean, you can, but it's really dumb. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, that, that's why I think if the Rangers' best chance to win is game one, then the series price should go down. Correct. No, for sure. I'm saying, yeah. like, you pretty much have to roll game number one. What you can do, like, here's one way to look at it. You can bet a little bit on Tampa to win the Stanley Cup. So you turn that minus into a plus rather than lay minus 180 or minus 185 on Tampa to win the series, you change that to plus 225, plus 230, plus 240, and you make a hedge bet a little bit of, let's say you have $100 at 20 to 1, or no, you have 22, excuse me. So let's say it's 100 to win 2200. You could put like 200 on the Lightning to win the Cup to make about 500 and it's not a full hedge. You're taking a little morsel of your payout and putting it on a team to win the Stanley cup. And then you're basically free rolling into the Stanley cup final with one of those two teams. And you can reattack from there if need me, but you're in a great spot. I think a big mistake that a lot of people make is they over hedge. Like they'll take your bet at 22 to one and go, all right, well, I'm going to bet uh, 500 on the lightning to win the series at minus 180, And then the lightning, <laughs> 
don't win the series, you lose almost you know $1,000 or whatever, and then you still need the Rangers to win the Cup. So your hedge could have actually made things worse. I, I, would, I would warn you not to over-hedge, but if you are looking to put a little bit down on this series, you could take the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup I'm seeing like plus 240 right now if you shop around. That would be my advice. Yeah, and I'll be clear that my usually when I bet futures, it's only to set up hedges. Like I, I don't usually have plans of actually winning those future bets. So that's that's kind of my strategy usually. And I'll, I'll say also that we have a listener uh, who, who uh, often contacts me and we talk about some of this stuff. And he asked me before yesterday's game, he said, should we hedge this Rangers future? And I was like, no, we've got to get through this round before we start even thinking about it. And I think that that's another issue people have, right? Is like hedging too early. Well, hedging is a fascinating conversation and you know, I, I welcome people to, to send me direct messages at chicken X dinner at SP shoot all the time. I love talking hedge. No hedge is created equal. And you know, we, we talked, uh, Cofield, you and I talked last week about Rufus. He had those bets on Mito Pereira. Uh, he would have won like $150,000 oh. if Mito won the uh, PGA. And he's like, well, I don't want to hedge because my bankroll's big, and I don't need to hedge, and I'm not going to make a, a minus expected value bet. And I'm like, all right, well, I get that, I guess. But, like, the average person doesn't have, you know, $1,000 to throw on a golfer at 300 <laughs> to 1 or whatever. So it's a little different. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a message this morning. Somebody actually sent me an email at work, and he's like, all right, Sam, here's the deal. And when, the, when it starts with that, you know it's going to be something convoluted <laughs> as hell. He's like, I've got 500 on the Rangers at 20 to one. I've got what was I think he's got like a thousand on Colorado to win the cup at five to one, and he's like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, my brain just exploded because I I don't know that you have to do anything. Like yeah. you have the favorite in Colorado, you have the title favorite at five to one. They're like plus 120 to win the cup, and they're minus 225 to win the series. Like, you don't have to hedge that. They're supposed to win, so you can move that forward. And then with the Rangers, you know, you, you got a good bet at 20 to 1 or whatever. So, like, I don't want you to, like, you don't need to have every team going into the final four, if you will. So, I, yeah, I just, I'd be cautious with over hedging. And I think if, if you're somebody holding a ticket on Colorado and New York, the math tells you that one of those teams is probably going to get in. So, there's really not a need to hedge. Uh, that being said, Colorado being the favorite, you're on the other side? I'm on Edmonton. Yeah, I, I hate how much I love Edmonton, and I, I made a position on them. Uh, they were about eight to one to win the Stanley Cup. This is maybe halfway through the Calgary series. I just, I sort of wanted to see it before I believed it. If that makes any sense, I know that's kind of weird, I guess. But like, I've seen a lot of loaded teams, top-heavy teams, get into the Stanley Cup playoffs and just completely face plant. And I wanted to see how they executed and performed against a very good defense. Calgary was top five in almost every defensive metric. And the oil came in and dropped 25 goals in their eyeball in five games. Like, holy cow, this team is good. And they do have what I believe is the best line in hockey yeah. with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Evander Kane. Uh, they're solid on the power play. I mean, they're like top three in the power play percentage. And here's the other thing that, like, we don't have statistics for this. When Edmonton's on the forecheck and they take the puck away from you, the goalie is a 9.5 terrified out of 10 because they're so dangerous when they, they turn you over. And, like, there's not really a metric to measure that. Jacob Markstrom looked like a junior hockey goalie, and he was one of the best goalies in the league. So I think given what the price is right now, you can find the oil, like, you know, 11-2, to 6-1 to one to win the cup. I think they beat Colorado. 
I've been wrong before. They're certainly the underdog, but I, dude, it's fun to bet on 97. He is so freaking good, and he does things with the puck that we haven't seen since Gretzky. It's it's an amazing player, and they're fun to watch. They're fun to have money on, and damn it, I did it six to one. Actually, I did it to eight, at eight to one last week, but you can bet six to one now. Perhaps even more importantly than it's fun to bet on 97, it's really, really not to bet against him. And I'll, I'll tell you that from experience. You just see him on the ice, you're like, oh, God. He's, I mean, he's, he's doing things that we just haven't seen in a long, long time. And, you know, I covered some talented teams in Chicago, you know, three Stanley Cups, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Marion Hosa. Like, those are all Hall of Fame hockey players. But they don't have the upside and the potential and the stick work and the scoring and the speed and the skill. They just – they don't have all of that. He is the best player in hockey, and he's been toiling for years. Like, that guy's been told how, how good he is but how bad he is in the playoffs, and he hasn't been to the playoffs, hasn't won anything. He's playing with – and it's, it's scary. Sam Paniotovich joining us as he does each and every week. Uh, NBA Finals on the horizon. How are we approaching the series? And uh, one of the most interesting things to me is the MVP betting. Obviously, Curry and Tatum, massive favorites here but is there anybody outside of that group i still like taking a flyer on a smart wiggins or pool what about clay thompson i i saw one of the books in vegas i don't remember if it was circa or Superbook. i don't have the the pool in front of me but one of the books had like 40 to 1 on clay thompson hmm. and it's like all right he's not the same player he was five years ago but he still has the ability like say it's a five game series and clay has two 30 point games 45, 40 to one doesn't even make sense, you know, and he's got, he's got that potential because the Celtics are going to really key on Curry. They're going to try and take Curry out of the series. They're going to put smart on the ball and they're going to double Curry. So that's going to leave somebody open or with the ability to make the hockey pass, the second pass. So an open shooter and clay, very good running off screens. I think the way the Celtics overplay Curry opens up opportunity for clay Thompson. If he shoots the way he can and the way we've seen him shoot in postseason past 45-40 to 1 is stupid odds. Like, that's that's worth $100 right now. Um, you brought up – did you bring up Smart? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's I mean, if he takes Curry out of the series, like, this works several ways. I mean, there are probably five or six guys that can win it. If he holds Steph Curry to, like, 18 points per game in the playoffs and 30% from three and the Celtics win the series, there's a very strong case – that uh, Marcus Smart gets some votes. Is he going to win? I don't know. But, I mean, you, you can find Smart. Circus got 100 to 1 on Smart. <laughs> Fandle's got, like, 35 to 1. Like, why would you bet 35 when there's 100 on the board? That's the other thing with this market. you got to shop around because you can find range. Clay's as low as 14, 15 to 1 and as high as That's, I mean, you're almost tripling your money by making the right bet at the right place. Last one, 30 seconds. What would you do uh, with your first look at next year's title odds? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about Nicki Minaj. We could save that for next week then, please. <laughs> um, I'd probably I, – I wouldn't bet the Lakers. That Clipper number is wild. Sherman's got the Clippers with the second shortest odds. Yep. So I, that tells you they're going to probably make some moves in the front office and they're going to bring some players in. That's an interesting team. Um, I'm looking at the Clippers for next year. Let's, let's see. Maybe a little Dallas money, too, if Luka can get some help. Wow. All right, Sammy. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm out of breath. I'm going to make dinner. See you. <laughs> there he is, yeah. <laughs> Cook some ground beef. We heard it's very, very difficult. My God. I just saw Mark McMillan tweeting about making ice cream, and you were making ground beef for the first time in your life, and you're like 50. 
From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Jalen Brown passed out of bio, attacks the paint, the throws out to the corner, open, smart, three, got it! Smart, right hand drill, under paint, over the shoulder pass. Tatum against Struz, Tatum steps to his left, forces a three, oh. got it! Inbound to Tatum, he spins, gets to the elbow, his jumper, right down the middle! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. WNBA basketball coming up here on ESPN Las Vegas in about 35 minutes. Adam Hill is here. He's the company. It's Steve Cofield. It's a Tuesday. Busy, busy week around Las Vegas. Busy week around the sports world because June 1st is significant on a couple of fronts. It's uh, the beginning of cut day, and you could see some NFL veterans go out there. Maybe the Raiders can pick some guys up for a cheap price. And also, it's uh, NBA draft deadline if uh, players want to stay in the draft. A lot of them are deciding today, and they have to do so by tomorrow. I think it's a midnight Eastern, so we're waiting on Donovan Williams from UNLV and also uh, Julian Strother, you know, hometown hero, who could go back to Gonzaga, but could be a guy who's moved into the first round. A lot of people like him. So we're going to find out here in the next day or so what's going on there. we got NHL semis now all set. We'll get to Gerard Gallant making it with the Rangers. So big 5 o'clock hour on the way. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. I will say you threw me off just a second ago. You were talking about last hour cooking ground beef for the first time in your life. And then I countered with Mark McMillan is at home making ice cream right now. And then you just throw it out during the break. You're like, oh, I have an ice cream maker. I do. What? To make uh, sugar-free ice cream. You're making ice cream, but you've never cooked a freaking burger before. Yeah. It's really easy. You just you, put the stuff in it, makes it. It's, okay. a, it's a, yeah. It's not. It's I see not a so confidence hard. though. I think you're going to start trying some new things. No, I'm not. Uh, I will. Somebody just uh, one of the Raiders media people because you tweeted out about me trying uh, yeah. ground beef for the first time was like next stop scrambled eggs. I was like slow down, <laughs> slow down. That's, That's pretty easy too. I know what. It's pretty easy. Come no on. chance. Ground beef with scrambled eggs. No, I mean come on. A little loco moco. I, I you I don't think you're uh, understanding the focus that it took but you like, realize, to stare at the ground beef. and like, I know, but now you have some confidence. You realize I have done some loco moco at home. It is very easy. You just have to be able to do some rice, which you could do that in a bag. You get a bag of rice. Know. Bag of rice, a burger. You, know, you don't have to make the gravy no, and not, fry an egg. Out on rice anyway. Uh, no. rice. Uh, don't they? Don't they? There's got to be some. They make some rice out of something ridiculous, some vegetable. Cauliflower. Yeah, there you go. I cauliflower. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried it with cauliflower rice because I think it's going to be turning to mush. But it's, I might try it. Basically, does. But yeah, scra- scrambled it. Like I, I tried it. I actually, to be clear, I cooked ground beef twice in a row. Ooh, the okay. last two days. I think breaking an egg could be a real challenge for you. Oh, we, without like it would just be scrambled eggs full of shells. A famous, uh, famous party story. Raging parties. Uh, me and Case Kiefer had a egg cracking competition because neither one of us had ever done it before. What? Yeah. I figured he was kind of domesticated. He's married. He, he got, was... He's got what? Does he have a kid or two now? One. Just one? He was ruled the Gotta winner. cook when you have a kid. He was ruled the winner. I disagree. I thought I did better. Good. Wild party <laughs> you guys have. The egg crack off. All right. Um, this does involve some food. Uh, there were a couple of great animal stories the last week or so. One was, and I think it was real... A lady got a shot of an empty pizza box. Then she fires the camera up, and there's a bird flying away with her pizza. Yeah. It looked real. It, it, Unless it, it was like a drone. It, it seemed like so ridiculous that it wouldn't be real, but have you been around seagulls? Yeah. 
They're, I mean, I've seen them take sandwiches right out of people's they're hands. Scoundrels. So for the for a seagull to, I mean, folks, we'll tweet this video out. It's ridiculous, and like the whole pizza, the birds just flying away with it. Like, oh, wait, my pizza gone. But but I do have to say because of the local tie, the best animal story of the week is Mark Davis lion. Yeah. Now I I personally explain, explain the deal with this lion because okay. I think people are like like you know you know animal people they get pissed off like the guy the the lion's got a bad haircut. All right, he's a lion. It'll be okay. But blank you not, this lion has a bowl cut. He does. Well, first of all, the 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 blog that posted it called it a mullet. It's not a mullet. I no, mean, it's not a mullet. It's definitely not a mullet. Um, and I'll be clear, I I find Pizza Seagull to be the more impressive animal of the week. I like Pizza Seagull too. Uh, yeah, but the, the not as much as Pizza Rat. Lion has a the mane is. They didn't do the lion any favors. Whoever cut this mane, yeah, like it it looks atrocious. It's it's not good. It's it's not good. And the lion looks sad. Oh, he's ashamed. Yeah, yeah. Did I, you know this is real. You do know that, right? What the the animals get ashamed? Yeah. Oh, I've you ever shaved down your with, dogs? No, I've seen it with my dogs. Of yeah. course. We yeah. um our our one cat we give we give that cat a lion cut. I mean it, it is it's naked. I mean it's just like there's nothing left. It, it's just like a lion. It's got and he's got little boots and then a mane. I swear the cat goes outside and he's like, like there's no street cred left. He's yeah. just been completely emasculated. Yeah, my dogs will uh, will hide. Mad. Uh, yeah, they, they for a couple of days, this cat, this cat will run and just be like, jerk. Yeah, embarrassed. They're like, what, what did you do to my... So, I'm not we're not saying Mark Davis has a bad haircut, but this lion apparently does not like the style. I think Mark Davis's cut is better than the lion's. Probably is. I think the lion should go, should go to Palm Springs. Now, get it done. If we get a little more hardcore on Mark Davis' lion... Um, from what I read, because you know, cats are also great when you know what the where they're 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 cleaning all the time. So I'm pretty sure the lion does the same thing that house cats do, where they're they're wetting their paw and they're matting down their hair. I think I think the lion actually did that by mistake, like he combed it down. Well, I was gonna say, I, so I now it looks like a bowl cut, I don't but it wasn't so, originally a bowl because cut. I think the 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 meanest thing that they did to this lion with, in addition to the bowl cut, is just shave everything else like completely yeah, down. You shave it all down, so, so the rest of his body is completely like bare. Yeah, and there's nothing, and your and nad, then, your nads are showing. And then this awful it's mane. Not, it's not good. Yeah, and then you got this. <laughs> it's terrible. Does he appears to have some sort of like ponytail too? I don't know what's going on on the side. It's awful. Number four. So more impressive, Pizza Seagull as opposed to Mark Davis line. Pizza Seagull. What did I say? Uh, you said yeah. You said yeah, Pizza, pizza okay. Seagull or Ryan? Okay. I said Pizza Seagull. All right. To pick up that, I mean, that's big. That has to weigh like three, three, like twenty times the body size. The body mass. They're 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 strong. Yeah, the pigeon must be jacked. Plus, we also don't know it's a pigeon. Could be any bird. How good is this new? What do we call it now? Is it still an album? How good is this new album? It's not a CD from Kendrick Lamar. Um, I've heard mixed feedback on it. From who? It's freaking phenomenal. Now, I was I was excited about a couple album releases lately. Right. The Jack Harlow album release was fairly disappointing. Okay. Like I I still love Jack Harlow and like it, but he he went away from a lot of what made him very popular early, so I'm not thrilled about that. Okay. Uh, but I think he'll bounce back. And then I think it was a week or two weeks later, the Kendrick album dropped, and wow! So it, do we have incredible. another one of these weird sports tie-ins? We do. Uh, somebody has gone back and traced every year that Kendrick Lamar has dropped an album. Mm-hmm. The Warriors have won the title. Yeah. So I didn't f- make a bet during Penny Adovich's appearance, so let me look up the odds. I'll make a bet here. 
You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make the bet based on this. Well, my problem is, you know, I don't want to root for the bet to win. So, which is what that's how I should be betting anyway. Then, sure. Because if I so if I win or if they win, I win. If they lose, I win. So he put out to Pippa Butterfly in 2015. Right. Warriors win the title. Uh, Damn came out in 2017. Warriors win the title. The Black Panther album came out in 2018. Warriors won the title. And he has not dropped an album since. The Warriors obviously struggled the years that he was not making music. 2022 drops an album and they are going to win. How happy are you after all these years as a Golden State fan? Well, it's, it's that been you a finally struggle. made it back. It's been a struggle. Um, I mean, the lean years. They in the finals for the sixth time in eight years, but it's been tough for Adam. Well, the lean, the lean years. As someone who's been a fan all the way since 2019, I've never seen success. Like it's only been down years. So I mean, we had the you know the goofy play-in game, but whatever. This year, this this is this is what all the struggles were for. This the, is what all the struggles the, were for. The the full rebuild that we started in 2019 is finally coming to fruition, and and it feels great. I can't do this the entire series. I I can't. This is absurd. I'm so, I'm so in fact, I've already I've already booked. You know, not to get too ahead of myself. I've already booked a trip for the end of the series to celebrate. Watching game five on the beach. It's going to be great. What beach? In, Wait, in, in Northern California? No. Oh, you're going out of the country. Yeah. You're treating yourself to a vacation based to on... To celebrate the title. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> going to find a... Are your friends on this trip going to be able to tolerate how annoying you are or you're not going to pull this with them, are you? Oh, you're not, no, you won't. Uh, I guarantee you won't. You should see. Oh, I was already in the. Are group, you? You're a clown with them too. In the group text yesterday, I was already. I was already going up because there's actually some Celtics fans in the group. Oh, so you have, you actually have some people who are really going to get annoyed. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's his whole existence is about just tweaking people. Of course, I figured these guys are like whatever, bro. You're you're such a dork. But now you got some Celtics fans. Yeah. And I was, hey, listen, they've got all these titles to celebrate. I've only seen down years. I deserve. God, you're this. ridiculous. I deserve this. You know, the worst part about the series for me, and I have to find it back in our notes, I don't know if you remember, but when the Celtics drafted Tatum and Brown and had Smart, and then they were still loaded with picks, I was like, they're going to be the next dominant team in the NBA, and they're going to win every title from 2019 to 2026. All right, it's taken a little longer because Not winning a- this year. Ainge and company screwed it up because freaking bringing in Gordon, bringing in... Kyrie, you know, like spending money on just and 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 kind of back in. I mean, Horford is an important guy, but even that was kind of like because the grand plan was have Tatum and Brown and Smart, and then then you're going to get like someone, you know, make the pitch for Durant. You're going to get Anthony Davis, and they didn't get that. They didn't get either guy. So, so they've arrived. I think they can win it. Well, maybe they'll. I think they can win it. I'm going to bet the Warriors. Like I said. If the Warriors win, I'm winning some money. If the Warriors lose, I don't care about losing the money. Maybe I'm going to be happy. Maybe the Celtics can, you know, if a couple guys get hurt. Maybe they win next year. A couple Warriors get hurt, but I think I think this dynasty that we have built is here to stay. We have built, God Almighty. Number three, boy, Heat fans are pissed off. First of all, can they really be mad at Jimmy Butler? What do you think of the Jimmy Butler move to come down with 16 seconds left and shoot a three down two? I mean, I don't love for, for as good as Jimmy Butler is and was in the series of getting to the basket and drawing contact and scoring and playing bully ball. And as much as the Celtics were on their heels, 
Um, and by the way, just for full disclosure, I absolutely was cheering for the Heat because I thought it was an easier win for for my dubs. Um, I, I thought Butler could have got to the rim, could have maybe scored and got a foul to go ahead or got free throws. Um, I also think he was exhausted. I mean, he played the entire game. Um, I know Spolster defended it and said, hey, look, that's as good a look as we're going to get, which is prob- I mean, probably true. That's a, it was a great look. It was a, it was a solid look. I don't know if it's a great look for a guy who shoots twenty three percent from but three. He's 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 open in transition. He's on, the, he's on the move. Sure. Listen, the great shooter. Like if Steph Curry is going to pull up, great three point shooters on the break. If it's Trey Young, yeah. But it wasn't a great shot, and you don't know that no. they wouldn't have gotten a better shot. It's a of two course. point game. And and the other part of it is, you're right. I, I don't. Is it Jimmy Butler's? Because he's gassed. Is it his decision to make? Like I have to do this. And there's no other option. I think, like, I, first of all... Because if I, I'm not good in overtime, we ain't winning. First of all, I think... And, and he was exhausted, true. Um, and I think... I would say, watching that series, that Jimmy Butler earned every right to take whatever shot he wants. I mean, they're not there without him. And like I said, I would prefer the way that he bullies people and gets to the rim and just out-physicals everyone. And the way that the Celtics were on their heels from collapsing in the, that final couple minutes... Like, I would have preferred to see him go to the rim. Um, but again, a couple – first of all, I think he wants no part of overtime. As you said, he he played the entire game. Like, I don't know how much he had left. He wants to try to, you know, he wants to try to win the game instead of instead of tying it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't get, I don't I don't get don't mad. If it. I'm a Heat fan, I don't get mad at him. No. I think it's, a, it's an interesting discussion to have, but I don't get mad at him. Now, Heat fans are mad at some pictures afterwards. Sure. Why? Uh, as the players after losing, first of all, I'd be, I would have been a, not mad, but a little upset that they look so happy after the game. I mean, I don't know if you saw on the court, like when they're you're doing the handshakes and everything, like they're, they're, they were like loving life, not Jimmy Butler, but like they, they, they're like, Hey, look, great series. All right, guys, you know, hugs and handshakes and, and smiles for everyone. Um, it maybe would have been a little bit annoying, but the fact that the players decided to go out to nightclubs after the game totally fine like their season's over it sucks yeah but i mean you after a long grind of probably you know focusing uh, i i think very much focusing on basketball and trying to get a title and falling short i don't have a problem with somebody who then says like you know what i'm gonna go have fun tonight this sucked to lose cheer myself up would you go out probably like i i wouldn't i would be I'm sure I'd be like sulking in a booth, like <laughs> tucked away and like angry. I'd be there. Yeah. But so they get a good picture of you. You just look all miserable. Yeah, I think so. L- look, I mean, I also I haven't been in that position. I've I've had you know growing up and you know d- different levels of sports when you're like that oh, sucks. You know, wreck basketball leagues and wreck softball leagues as an adult. That sucks. Season over. Is there an equivalent as a same. normal person? No, I don't think so. Like, I mean, to, oh, to oh, losing I, I and did, then and then. Would it be like an accountant at like April fifteenth, like didn't get some stuff done or something? I don't know. Like what? Like what would it be? What is the equivalent? What's the where where, the, where you have an absolute grind to like a date, and then you fall short of what you wanted to do? I, I don't know, but I I don't have a problem with then saying this sucked. I put my entire life, the last eight months, into into doing this. Mm-hmm. We fell short. I'm gonna go out because reality is, some of us fans take it way too seriously, More and then we try to project then. like just because you sit at home and you're all miserable. Although it's, I also, it's, it's their job, it's, and some might. I mean, 
I, I would probably not go out. But it doesn't mean that, you know, me being mopey and sulking, that everyone would have to do that. But I would rather be out and about with, like, other people that went through what I went through than sitting at home and, like, crying about it. Like, I'd rather do that. Now, I, I will say I had I was watching the game with some people on, on Sunday, and some of them were saying, like, because, like I said, the players were smiling after the game, which I didn't love. Um... And people were saying, like, I just don't, I think they just get paid so much they just don't care if they lose anymore, which I disagree with. Like, I think you'd be even more motivated. Like, that's all you have. Like, your life is great with you make all the money you want, do whatever you want in the offseason, live wherever you want. Like, all you have to really drive you is to try to win a title every year. Right. So I, I think they're I think they are invested and very much invested in it. Um, but I also like I don't think you just have to go home and, and sulk. I think you could sulk out and I think you could look happy and still be miserable. I've mastered it. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Edmonton in Colorado. Puck is dropped. About a minute in. It's scoreless. These are good semis, aren't they? Really good. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to a Lightning-Avs final, but I won't be upset if it's not that combo. And, you know, I didn't realize how, God, we're getting old, how long the drought is for some of these teams. Like, the Avs were good pretty much right when they moved to Colorado, right? For me, growing up in the New Jersey, New York area, the Rangers winning in 94 was a big deal. Like, it was the only, it really was the only time on sports radio you ever heard hockey. Yeah. I'm not, seriously, the Devils were a much better organization. No one cared about the Devils on sports talk radio. But that year, the Rangers, it was a big freaking deal because they had won since 1940. And I'm also old enough, like, the Oilers were awesome forever. Right? With Gretzky in his prime. Oilers haven't won in 32 years. Rangers in 28. Avs in 21. Holy crap. And then they're all trying to stop another one of these, like, Oilers, you know, Islanders juggernauts. Who knows Who knows when this is going to end yeah. with the Lightning? About, I mean, side note to that, like, I, I don't even think people realize it. Maybe they do. That Edmonton has an interim coach, who I'm guessing is going to get the full time job at this point. But that's and, a and, pretty fascinating. And then get fired a month into next year. Like, the Canadians didn't win, but that was weird. Probably. Uh, I mean, that's pretty fascinating. And then on top of all that, you know, let's go back to the Rangers. You got Gallant and Reeves. The heartbeat, the heartbeat of the Misfits, and they're one series away for playing for the Cup. Who? Wait. You mentioned four teams. Who's Minnesota playing this round? God. They're playing somebody, obviously. They're still alive. I mean, who are they playing? I've known Adam for like 20 years now, something like that, maybe longer. What year is it? Yeah, long, probably a little longer than yeah. that. I don't think there's an athlete that you truly crap on more than Flurry the it's entire not, time it, I've known No, it's you. not him. It's the fans. Eh, you crap on Flurry a little bit, too. Well... Yeah. About him always being touted as like, you know, a great character guy. Sure. Yeah, a great leader. Sure. But it's I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not it's this more, isn't a rip. Like like the fans and Flurry like it I'm gonna put it this way, I'm not saying like you're not objective, but it really has gotten to you, it 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 irks you. He irks you. The fans well, are it's also because you you at any turn you try, you you'll try to get the freaking mm. and also let's be honest, it's a victory lap. I mean, yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. That's clearly because you had to hear it. Yeah, for so long, and then he 
the same thing happened to him there that happened here. He completely collapsed in the playoffs, and they had to pull him. Number one. OTAs continue. I hope the Raiders have availability this week, because I thought last week was pretty cool. Um, I will say... There'll be less people there this week. For sure. I will say that... Because Kaepernick took a little bit of the press conference, which, by the way, it was like three questions, and they shut it down, and all the players you could tell were instructed. Don't say anything about it. Um, That the next big angle of Leatherwood and the offensive line was I actually I was I I I was fascinated laughing at what you know during the offseason you're trying to get stories out of stuff and like what I sir uh heard and saw is like I, I didn't think what was what delivered what was delivered like, like there really wasn't anything said about Alex Leatherwood. Like that was the big you know that's the big hey the offensive line. I mean McDaniels explained it like yeah today he worked at right tackle and and as I was sitting out there for whatever it was a half an hour and they were a mile away watching him I'm like yeah, that's what football teams do when they don't have, you know, job set. They're just going to rotate a lot. And then that turned into like, oh, it's encouraging. Like, it's the be- it's the beginning of a new regime. Well, they're going to explore everything with Leatherwood. He's going to play all the positions. But I also didn't I didn't believe. I, there's a lot of things I didn't believe that were taken yeah. at face value from yeah, that yeah. press conference yeah, last that, week. And that's the other thing. Like, what, I, what like things- I, I hear the stuff and I'm like, it's football coach speak. I'm not. I'm not even going. I'm not tweeting that out because that's just that's what football coaches say. And then all of a sudden, it's reported like something significant, like well, something real was said. And I'll say the the biggest one to me because I, I the Leatherwood thing. I believe like he's playing right tackle. That they're they're going to give him every chance to play right tackle. He's going to take all his reps at right tackle. They want him to win the right tackle job. He wants to win the right tackle job. He's going to play right tackle. Give that, me McDaniel's one here. It did, he, so he's talking about uh, Leatherwood and and he gets into the whole rotation thing. And that day, he happened to get some more time at right tackle. We've been moving them around a little bit. Um, you know, each one of the guys up front, got some guys playing center and guard. We've got some pl- guys playing on the right side and the left side. Got some guys playing tackle and guard. So there was a little bit more of a focus of, of that today for him. But, you know, ultimately we're going to try to figure out who the best five are that can give us the best chance of success every play. And he's certainly working his butt off right now to try to give us the right stuff wherever we put him. And today it so happened, like you said, it was more at right tackle. And, and again, I'm not trying to crap on football news during the offseason and coach speak, people can get excited. Get excited. Sure. But we're just trying to tell you, like, the, there wasn't anything that was said that was a gigantic deal about Leatherwood. No. But you do believe he's going to get a chance at right I tackle. Think they want him to win the right tackle job. He wants to win the right tackle job. He's going to get the first chance at winning the right tackle job. But, like, as you were saying, like, last week, they, they were running laps, which they've never done before when they make mistakes. And then afterwards, McDaniels is asked, like, hey, you're having, you haven't run laps when they make mistakes. No, no, no. They're doing that on their own. No, they're not. <laughs> They're not. But then everybody ran with that. Like yeah. it's, it's a massive story. The team is holding themselves accountable. Like no, that's what McDaniel said because he doesn't want to be like I'm making a run laps. He's giving the players credit. Like just stop reading every detail into every single word they say. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oilers, Oilers, Oilers won nothing. Football really, it, it really is great. Aces basketball on the way. <laughs> 